Hartsville, Hartsville, the happening town where art abounds. Hartsville, Hartsville, from Asheville town where art abounds. Hartsville, Hartsville, feeling mountain high and inspired in North Carolina. That's where you'll find us, amazing artists and designers. Oh yeah, Hartsville from Asheville. Hello, hello, and welcome to Artsville, where we celebrate American contemporary arts and crafts from Asheville, North Carolina, and beyond. I'm your host, Louise Glickman, here to introduce you to world-class potters, weavers, glass blowers, woodworkers, and, of course, painters, and so much more. You might be wondering, how did Asheville and its surrounding Appalachian region become Artsville? We bring marketing opportunities to regional artists who want to show and sell their work and to learn how to market their wares to build their careers. If you live in or, and we hope, visit this area, you'll immediately feel its unusual creative energy contagious to all who visit here and to those who practice art here in our 23 counties, all in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. Now, let's start the show. Once again, how did Asheville become Artsville, you might ask? The magic is in our partnership with Crew West Studio LA on the West Coast, so that together we can promote the work of emerging artists from our respective regions to a worldwide audience. Together, we are deeply committed to helping our Western North Carolina artists build their own brand and to tell their message to those who love to shop and buy art and craft. Please join our podcast listening audience who share our enthusiasm to meet new artists and to learn how to buy art directly from them, whether you can come visit our creatives in their studios and at local festivals, or if you prefer shopping online in our virtual gallery. Artsville Collective is the one-stop shop to enjoy monthly podcasts as well as written news and stories sent directly to your inbox. For folks who live in or will visit the Asheville Crafts and Arts region, please subscribe on our website for invitations to tours, events, and discussion groups. Learn more at artsvilleusa.com. And now, enjoy our podcast with our interview today, Gina Phillips, a very dear friend of mine and someone whose family has been so important to the growth of Mitchell County. Her family has been integral in the arts education and healthcare arena, and particularly Gina's commitments to the Penland School of Craft, the North Carolina School for the Arts, and rural education efforts in Mitchell County have helped birth the idea of Halloween, a countywide event bringing several areas together through something we all love. Halloween. 
This is a natural outgrowth of Gina's personal love of theater and her years of performing and producing in New York, New Jersey, and, of course, North Carolina, including professional, regional theater, television, and commercials. I might add that Gina adores Halloween, and for years I have gone to costume parties at her house, and then in the not-so-distant future, when they expanded to a community space in Spruce Pine, North Carolina, where she lives. Gina, what the heck is Halloween? Thank you for inviting me, Louise. Halloween. Halloween is a countywide celebration, and as our logo says, of history and mystery in the Blue Ridge Mountains. We started this, of course, I had an annual party called The Thriller, and it got bigger and bigger and more and more out of control. And I started putting my head into a different way of going at this. It got so big, and I was putting so much into it, I thought, hey, I want to get something out of it too. So let's make it a fundraiser. So that was what Thriller turned into. And now we're doing the whole county, and we have developed fantastic partnerships to celebrate everything local and wonderful about Mitchell County. So we have a whole host of activities over four days that I think will do that. Gina, you and I met years ago when you were on the board and I was on the staff at Advantage West, which was our economic development agency. This is a fine example of cultural tourism development. Can you talk a little bit about your goals for economic and cultural development in Mitchell County, which might be considered an underserved community? Well, it is an understatement to say that it is underserved. But yeah, sure. I'll be glad to talk about that. I can wax poetic on this topic for days, Louise. I'm warning you. So I'm going to backtrack just a second here to when I was in college. I was in a sociology class, and the professor gave us an example. I believe it was a factory in Sweden in a very small community. This community was known via its factory of producing a very signature proprietary design of a shoe. I don't know, maybe some type of sabot or something. I'm not exactly sure, but it was renowned. It was had become tradition for this, this entire community. And one day something happened after 70 years, and this factory had to close, just completely close down. It became kind of the epicenter for the highest rate of suicide. And as sociologists began to study this, what happened and what went wrong, that region had lost its identity. And I don't know why that stuck in my head so long ago, but I can take that example now and look at my little county. Particularly during COVID, I started thinking about all the things about my county that were new and different and that didn't necessarily embrace all the fighting over, gosh, absolutely everything, a presidential candidate, vaccines, gun control. It was just, you know, wearing masks. And 
people were hateful to each other. And that was a first for me. But then I noticed as some of my friends and relatives came down with COVID, those casseroles still showed up on the doorstep. I knew we still had our ethos in place. But now we're going forward to NAFTA. Well, NAFTA fairly well raped my county. And I feel badly a little bit because I voted for it. I thought it was, in my head, the intellectual right direction in which to go. I was a proponent of it at that time. But I didn't know that it would mean that all the textile factories in Mitchell County, of which there were four, all the furniture companies and plants and manufacturers in my county, of which there were three national brands and two lesser-known brands, they would all be taken away. And when you add that to the fact that tobacco also is no longer a valid source of revenue for people in Mitchell County, Christmas trees got kind of blighted there for a few years. So that was a, a major producer in our area. And apples, because of the climate, they're very unpredictable now, and we can no longer count on that as a viable economy in our county. I mean, we still have orchards, but they're not the big producers they used to be. And I look around during COVID, and I think, we've kind of lost our identity, too. But I think if we can hearken back to days that perhaps maybe some of this older generation that's still left in Mitchell County remembers. I'm not saying we can bring back all that industry, but I'm hoping that we can eventually have one week-long celebration that will just be fantastic for all parts of the county. And that's where this has come from. Well, that's a wonderful story and one that's very dear to my heart because I actually came to North Carolina to go out into these rural small communities that had lost a great deal of their economy to teach them or show them what cultural tourism really meant. That meant having one foot in the world of government and private business and another foot in the world of cultural development. So we're talking about theater. We're talking about studio and fine art. We're definitely talking about craft, which is Western North Carolina's biggest art contribution, perhaps to even the world, and also what that means to the economy. It brings in millions of dollars here, and I'm sure that's your vision for Mitchell County. It is. You know, you look at all the things that have come and gone, like furniture, like textiles, and you think, mm, what can we really hook onto, sink our, our hooks into that isn't leaving and won't change and won't be timely and won't be subject to the fad of the day? And two very obvious answers rose to the top for me, our history and our culture. Well, to me, art festivals, these wonderful art events, even smaller discussion groups are like glue. So people who may not get along so well in certain arenas, once they come together as volunteers, community activists, 
artists, writers, all those employment opportunities, then they can talk. They can talk and communicate with each other because you're not concentrating on touch points. Let me tell you a little bit about the process, about our early process. I am doing this project, and I should have said this right off the bat. My collaborating partner is the University of North Carolina School of the Arts, located in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And I went to the head of design and production, the dean down there, and said, I've got this idea. Am I crazy, or do you like it? Can you support me? Can we work together to make this happen? He spoke with all the powers that be at the university. They embraced it, and they said, let's see what we can do to help you. And so the first thing that we did was we brought in a group of consultants of former Disney employees that had gone out on their own shingle, so to speak, and we brought them in, and we toured them in Mitchell County for two days. I showed them the high spots. I showed them the low spots, (laughs) which were a little more fun at times. And then we went back down to the university and had a charrette, a three-day charrette. Two huge things came out of that. Number one was our mission, which harkens back to what you said earlier, Louise, and that is Halloween is, above all else, a mechanism for unity. Secondly, the dean and the consultant looked at each other after we got back down there and said, I don't think you need to build this Halloween festival on arbitrary vampires and werewolves. I think you've got enough local lore and legend in your county to use local highlights. And so that's what we're doing. We're trying to revive. Yes. Well, This is the Appalachian culture. Many people know it from history songs. Many people do not understand what that is. Can you talk a little bit more specifically about, like, mountain music, for example, or quilting, or storytelling, all those things that are historic and cultural to the Appalachian region. Yeah, and we've touched on a lot of them here within Halloween. And we're trying to save some old songs that you really don't hear anymore that were made famous, you know, a century ago through ballads that have been carried down from generation to generation. Or poetry, think of Barbary Allen or the Frankie Silver poem that was so renowned and circulated for years. We're big storytellers. And Although it's not everyone, but we are largely Scotch-Irish over there. So most of our lore and legend derives, after doing a deep dive with the School of the Arts folks, derives from the Irish side of storytelling and lore and myth and legend. And that seems to be the ones that have been carried on over here in the Appalachians a great deal. Yes, we have a few wonderful song catchers. And one of those, of course, is Sheila K. Adams. Many of you may know her. I think she's coming this year. And she was in the film, The Songcatcher. But we have a lot of those in our area, Bruce Green and, and folks who have devoted their lives to this. 
And thank goodness I've been able to get a lot of them on my side for this project. Well, that does not surprise me, Gina. You are a tour de force, and I wouldn't expect anything different. Could you quickly tell our listeners where they can find you, where they can find the events and the dates? Tell us what's going to happen in various locations. Sure. This is our second year of Halloween, and last year had a lot of snafus, but we knew it was going to be. So this year, we hope we're a little more organized, but we are adding new events, too. So I will ask you to bear with us. First of all, if you want to find a list of events and dates and all the info and lots of photographs from last year, check out our website. That is HalloweenNC.org. And that will tell you pretty much everything you need to know, I hope. We are doing lots of lead-up to events. For instance, we're doing trivia on Wednesday, and we're doing a few other events around the county, like book drops for the students in the schools. We've got a connection with a fantastic book source. We can buy books for about 35 cents on the dollar. So we bring a lot of books into Mitchell County because at one time we were very, very short on books in our libraries, but we're doing far better these days. But it still doesn't hurt to put books in kids' hands. So that's all taking place before our actual Halloween events. Then the dates are the 26th, 27th, and 28th of October. And we're doing events all over the county, sometimes simultaneously. So we're opening at the historical courthouse in Bakersville, North Carolina, which is our county seat in Mitchell County. And we have just had so much fun and and relied on so much help from those partners, particularly the mayor, Chuck Vines. I had a call from him on my way over here to Asheville today. And the School of the Arts is doing a mapping and projection project on two our lovely historical courthouse. That is an animated version of the Frankie and Charlie Silver legend, which isn't really a legend because it really happened. But it happened in 1831. It has had movies and plays and songs and poetry written about it. She was the very first person in the state of North Carolina, the very first woman to have been executed by the state. And that's because she killed her husband. And her husband was a relative of mine. So yeah, so this gets personal here. But we are telling the story, the Frankie and Charlie Silver story in animation, very live looking animation on the courthouse. We're projecting that. That will run on a loop about every half hour, maybe every quarter hour. And in between, we're projecting school children's artwork from various schools in the county. We are having a band. We will kick it off with all kinds of events, and then we're having a dance party in the street with glow sticks. That's Thursday. Starting on Wednesday, running through Saturday, we're having a haunted house, actually a haunted schoolhouse at Beulah Dean, North Carolina, 
way out in the boondocks and near the Tennessee line. And we love that area. We love those people. They've been fantastic partners as well. At the retired schoolhouse, they have turned into the Beulah Dean Community Foundation. And they've got fantastic programming there. And the School of the Arts is building and has designed a terrifying haunted house, again, based on local themes. Gina, this sounds absolutely fabulous. Asheville to Spruce Pine is a little bit over an hour for those of you who want to drive from Asheville. What I think I'm hearing is... Not the way I drive. No, that's true. (laughs) I've driven with you. But the other is, if you're coming from Tennessee, what would be the easternmost part of Tennessee for you to then access, say, Buledine? Um, Unicoi or Johnson City. Okay, Johnson City. Irwin, all of those areas in Tennessee. Really, Buledine is about 15 minutes from the state line. Well, that gives people an idea of how to get there. Go online and look. If you want to stay for several days, and we hope you will, You'll have to book a place to stay early because they're rather spread out, the bed and breakfasts and, you know, cottages and things like that that are really fun to stay in because you feel like you're part of the Appalachian culture, except with good food and service, of course. Gina, last year, Daryl and I came up on Saturday night, which seems to be the big night of all these wonderful activities. Can you zero in on what will happen on Saturday night? Yes, there will be lots of activities going on through Saturday day, but we're starting something of a music festival with four performers, and we have headlining that and playing last the renowned Del McCurry. A lot of people don't know it, but Del McCurry was actually born in Mitchell County and has a section of the highway named for him there. We're promoting this as the Bringin' Dale Home Tour. That sounds absolutely fabulous. Since history is so integral to what you're doing, can you give me and our audience a little bit about Dale's background? Sure. What makes him, well, that's not absolutely true. He is famous in his own right, but he became best known for playing with the individual who is known as the father of bluegrass music, and that is Bill Monroe. We worship at that man's altar over in Mitchell County, and Dale was probably the last surviving member of his original band. So that's what makes him so special. Well, Bill Monroe is a favorite son in all of Western North Carolina. We miss him, and we celebrate him at every opportunity. So having Dale there is a big darn deal. So congratulations. It wasn't easy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really looking forward to that, though. Great. Come join us, everybody. So all of those activities bring the family. This is one the children will definitely enjoy as well. And I think we're going to sign off here, but maybe we could close with a few bars of good old Mountain Dew. 
from Lulu Bell and Scotty Wiseman. Gina, you're a theatrical person. Give us a few bars and I'll try to join in. There's no holler tree down the road here from me where you lay down a dollar or two. Then you drive round the bend when you come back again. There's a jug full of Mountain Dew. Oh, they call it that good old Mountain Dew. And them that refuse it are few. I shut up my mug if you fill up my jug with that good old Mountain Dew. Very, very fine voice there, Miss Gina, and we thank you so much for coming, and we thank our audience for joining us today, and I hope you will listen and enjoy our other Artsville podcasts. They're generally sent out mid-month every single month, and you can access them from most podcast platforms and our website at artsvilleusa.com. And for our published news, stories, and event calendars focusing on art in Western North Carolina, please subscribe to our monthly newsletter at that website, artsvilleusa.com. Also, very exciting, and coming up this fall will be opportunities for artists to exhibit at our new, brand new, revised Artsville Virtual Gallery where nine artists each quarter can benefit from three months of free marketing. You heard that, free marketing, as we promote their work. We will also be seeking out our new creative talent for pop-up exhibits, feature stories, events, discussion groups, and tours, all focusing on art and how to buy it. We reach out regularly on our website and social media as we expand our mission to educate, inform, and inspire artists and art enthusiasts. In closing, I would like to send a shout out to our good friends, Sherry Masters at Art Connection. For those of you who are visiting Asheville and want to go to art studios up in the mountains, particularly Penland and Spruce Pine, Art Connections can take you there and show you whatever you'd like. And of course, to Gina Phillips and Halloween, I'll be there and I hope you will be too. Check out their good works online. So until next month, this is Louise Glickman from ArtsvilleUSA.com and Artsville Collective out of Asheville, North Carolina. Thank you, Louise. Thanks for listening to the Artsville Podcast. Please make sure to like this episode, write a review, and share it with your friends on social. Also, remember to subscribe so you get all of our new episodes. Artsville is produced by Crew West Studios in Los Angeles in partnership with Sand Hill Artist Collective in Asheville, North Carolina. Our theme music was created by Dan Ubik and his team at Danube Productions. Artsville is edited by We Edit Podcast and hosted by Captivate. Thanks again for listening to Artsville. We'll be back soon with another inspiring episode celebrating American contemporary arts and crafts from Asheville and beyond. Artsville, Artsville, the happening town where art abounds. Artsville, 
Hartsville, from Asheville town, we're hard abound. Hartsville, Hartsville, feeling mountain high and inspired in North Carolina. That's where you'll find us, amazing artists and designers. Oh yeah, Hartsville, from Asheville.